Welcome to the Faithful Fathering Podcast. Thank you for making time to join us. This is Rick Wirtz, founder and president of Faithful Fathering, at, uh, where we encourage and equip you to be a faithful father, to help you understand the importance of prioritizing physical presence, being engaged emotionally, and leading spiritually by example. Uh, this is the second in a series of three podcasts where we look into the why faithful fathering is important in your life and why it is such a powerful movement in churches and necessary movement in churches and society. Uh, again, I point you to the website, faithfulfathering.org, where you can click on the Dad Talk button and uh, to see a history of blogs that we post each week that complement these podcasts. And uh, as always, this will be a very practical discussion that I pray blesses you on your journey as a faithful father. On the why it's so important to uh, for faithful fathering to be in your life, uh, we're talking uh, the, this uh, podcast, spending time talking about why it's important to uh, help dads lead a purpose-filled life. And the $100 question is, whose purpose are you filled with? And in the studio with us today is Mr. Uh, Donald Mayfield. And uh, Donald, thank you again for spending the time with us. Thank you, sir. Well, it, uh, uh, in his fabulous book, uh, Purpose Driven, in his fabulous book, The Purpose Driven Life, Rick Warren opens uh, his book with the statement, it's not about you. Uh, what a <laughs> what a wake-up call uh, that is. Uh, Donald, Donald, if it's not about us uh, and our purpose, what are we supposed to be driven by? Well, we're supposed to come to the conclusion that uh, it's about Jesus. <laughs> that's, that's the goal. Well, that uh, that certainly is a key. But a lot of men get caught up in identity and in other things. And I think uh, probably the most natural I know for myself, and you uh, uh, you can share your story here. But identity in the world can be a natural flow for men uh, as as education is completed to whatever level, a job is secured, income realized, marriage and family typically follow at least that's the order <laughs> that we're supposed to be following that's what i tell every young man get that order right and we don't have any issues about abortion or teen pregnancy or anything along those lines so uh, but uh, the idea is to succeed and provide well for your family so as we do that one can get caught up in those worldly values uh, what are your thoughts on an identity in the world that's, Who gets glorified? Right. Well, that, that ultimately leads to you getting glorified when mm-hmm. it's in the world, and there's a problem with that because you're not, you're, not, you're not built for this. You're not meant to have that glory. That goes to God. But um, the prob- we, we see society breaking down because of that, keeping up with the Johnsons. You know, you, you, your, your focus becomes on this small fraction, which is this time we're here, and really this is just a stage for eternity. Mm. And uh, while we're here, though, um, you know, I think it's in uh, Mark 10, 26 or 27, maybe 28. Uh, the Lord said, you know, those who leave their houses, their farms, their brothers and sisters, they'll be, uh, it says they'll be blessed in this life. It says it comes with persecution as well, mm. but it says in this life they'll be blessed. And then, of course, eternal rest to come. But when uh, we get that, when we get that out of order... We start living for ourselves. We make ourselves a god, mm. and um, that's actually what Satanism is: mm. so, self-servitude. Now, I'm not saying people who are out there, are, they're they're Satanists. That's not what I'm getting at. But I'm just saying that when uh, that's the whole premise of it. Mm. When we ser- when we serve self, that's exactly what Satanism is all about. They want you know it talks about when you read the Satanic Bible, self-servitude, and it doesn't lead to anything good. Mm. 
in the military, isn't it all about making yourself ready and uh, getting ready for you? What, what, how did that prepare you for life? Uh, well, yeah. Or did you get caught up in the world like I did? <laughs> I mean, I got caught up in the world uh, for a time, and uh, and I'm thankful uh, that the Lord says in Romans eight twenty eight that He works all the things for the good for those who are loved and called for His purpose. Not at all implying that God wanted me to go down that path, but um, in the military, it was a uh, you know in the military you're going to live usually pretty worldly. I've noticed um, just the atmosphere. But at the same time, it's still the Lord brings me back to those memories all the time uh, just to, you know, remind me of his principles mm. and some mm. of the things I learned through that. I remember our drill instructors at one time said, don't give up on us and we won't give up on you. Mm. And that always stuck in my head. Another one was to be a good leader. You have to be a good follower, mm. you know, and um, just learned a, a lot of principles in that as far as, you know, uh, the, the Lord uses everything. So he brings you back to those, you know, those memories to mm. just show you uh, in your own life what exactly uh, the, the right path is. And, you know, he reminds you of that just to, even to set your path to the future. Mm -hmm. And I, I know in, in my case, an identity in the world had me in that uh, provide well for the family, but then survive to fight another day. So I was kind of in that provide survive mode. You know, you just get mm -hmm. you get through, and and eventually that just wears you down. But when you get caught up in that, like you say, you got to get more stuff. You got to yeah. do, you know, got to get you that status, uh, get drunk on that status and that uh, income and all that stuff. So, but that's uh, that's what happens, isn't it? Sometimes we do get that identity in the world. Uh, another one is uh, identity in self. Sometimes we uh, we start to get self-righteous and uh, will volunteer for things at the church and uh, school, scouts, uh, whatever, prayer life, they, you know, all, the, all these different organizations thinking that we're doing good. Have you, have you ever had been caught up in identity and self oh, on that? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, sir, I have. Um, well, you weren't a Methodist, were you, where they, have, yeah. they volunteer you for every committee and get you <laughs> online? No, but I think every denomination has something similar. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, I've... I've uh, I thought somehow my works were going to take me there. You know, if I if I did enough, you know, God. And, you know, it's funny because you sit there and you say, well, no, God's not a God of works. This is the gift. Jesus paid for it. But when it's just our analytical mind, that's why Romans 8, 7 says that the mind is at enmity with the things of the Spirit. Mm. And uh, that mind, at least for me, I've always had this this point system, you know, and and the Lord has been really over the last 14 years just taking me out of that. But yeah, you, you can really easily get, you know, think that you're getting closer to God because you're going to every function and you're doing everything you can. Yeah, that uh, I was like uh, another quote from my uh, famous, uh, my favorite uh, devotion is that Oswald Chambers says it's not necessarily sin that keeps men from their best, but all the good stuff men uh, that keeps men too busy under the Lord's uh, to be under the Lord's will. So uh, that uh, busy stands for being under Satan's yoke. I don't know if you ever heard that. I forget who. I think uh, Tony Evans was the first one I'd heard that uh, had referenced that. But that's uh, the devil utilizing what I call the religious life, you know, you're checking the boxes, doing what we think God's will is in our own strength. And uh, so uh, I love uh, the passage where Jesus says, uh, this is a Matthew as well, take my yoke upon you and learn from me and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When religion matures into a relationship with Jesus the Christ, man can begin to move into a new identity, and I call that identity uh, an identity in the Trinity.
Have you, are you familiar with that or have you discussed I, that at all? Not the terminology, but I mean, it, it, it fits. I mean, that's perfect, identity in the Trinity. I, I often think of uh, Ephesians 2.6 where it says, you know, obviously God's outside of time. So we think of things on a linear level, but in Ephesians 2.6, I love the way it puts it. It says, you are seated in heavenly places. And when we really come to know our identity and who the Lord is or the Trinity, that's when our destiny starts coming about. Mm. And, you know, before that, we're trying to manu. I, I feel this is. I'm speaking for myself. I would try to manufacture, you know, uh, where wh- how I was going to do things and what I wanted. You know, the world tells you um, see what you want and do it, and don't let anyone stand in your way. Well, you know, that's that's great. It sounds great on paper, but the truth of the matter is, how about instead, God? I don't know the future. You do. How about you just show me what my place is and we step into our uh, his perfect will instead of his permissible will, hmm. and uh, but identity is a big thing that I love to minister on to my group. Um, I just really, if if you know who you are in Christ, and if you can just come to that place, and I'm not saying we ever fully come to it, right? We're being renewed by the transforming of our mind, but we are becoming. We, we're not even right now. We're not even who we are really. We're mm-hmm. the immature version of who we are to be, hmm. and um, that's kind of. One of the things I pray to the Lord, Lord, lead me into my identity in you, who I really am. Mm, that's well said because, you know, we, we do grow up uh, being told you got to be a self-made man, you know, and all that stuff. And that's what we're uh, we're focused on. And there's uh, obviously the Lord uses an object in motion better than he has uh, uses one just sitting still. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know, a lot of times you, know, you think about Paul, you know, Paul was uh, was going down the wrong road, but. But he had a passion the Lord knew he could use. He just had to get that passion redirected, right? And they had to reestablish a new identity from uh, from a persecutor to uh, to uh, the the apostle that he uh, ended up being. So I think that uh, when you when you think about that and you you, you really uh, submit to uh, to the word you you said you're renewing your mind. And how do we renew our mind? It's uh, in the Word of God, right? We're right. reading that, That's we're internalizing it. that, we're living into that uh, to where I say it's better today than yesterday, better tomorrow than today. But, uh, but when a man learns to serve Jesus who, who indeed walked out of the tomb, embraces the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and recognizes the Father as the creator of the universe, identity in the world or, or in self will obviously pale in, in comparison. You know, I, I think identity in the world is what, what I would call the secular life, that we're doing our will and our strength. Right. Uh, identity in self is, is what I would call the religious life, which is uh, doing what we think is God's will in our strength. And then finally you move into the abundant life, which is doing God's will in his strength always pointing to him. So, you know, purpose-filled fathers are on the journey of establishing that identity in the Trinity. And these dads will blast through the devil's lie that life is about balance. You ever heard of that? (laughs) (laughs) Ever tried to do that? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, 
I'm, I'm so glad that uh, the Lord has revealed himself to me. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I always say that uh, there's nothing that compares to our relationship with Jesus the Christ. So for the devil to suggest there's a balance suggests that he's an equal, right. and uh, that ain't happening. Yeah, uh, so I always tell dads that you, you blast through that lie and know that life is about right priorities standing against those, uh, those cultural influences. But uh, uh, what have you seen in dads that, uh, that you know are indeed on this journey of being, uh, establishing their identity in the Trinity? They're, uh, they're, they're marvelous men. They, they move forward. They, they're, they're, their lives are uh, not perfect, but definitely successful. And when I say successful, I'm not necessarily talking about career-wise. I mean, generally... You know, they, they're established in that way under biblical principles as well. A man doesn't uh, work, he shouldn't eat, right? But uh, just in their relationships, there's, there's an authenticity. You know, I see a veil over uh, a lot of people in this world and even in the church sometimes. And um, when someone, like you said, they're indeed, that sincerity that you're referencing, when, they're, when you really know that they're on that journey, you just see the fruit of it. It says in Matthew 7, 20, you'll know a tree by the fruit it bears. And... You just see um, the actions, you know, the, the, it reflects in every single way, whether they're uh, sitting at a table at the restaurant, the way they treat the waiter, the way um, they treat those people around them. And because of it, you know, you see the kids, they just come out and they, they're successful as well. There's just genuine love. Mm-hmm. And, and I've really noticed that in the contrast I've seen as well. Mm-hmm. Not that we uh, are guaranteed success for our kids, but you'll see glimpses of God's glory. Like I think you referenced uh, in an earlier podcast, the recording that your daughter put together for you for your birthday. That's a glimpse of God's glory to say there's nothing that she could have done to do that, but uh, the heart behind putting a video. Uh, to re- explain that again briefly, what, uh, what that video was about. Yeah, my daughter um, had, for my birthday, she had went and, gathered a, a lot of, no one told her to do this, obviously. She went and grabbed a lot of videos from people that were important to my life. One of them was the head of 425, uh, Scott Neri, you know, and one of them was uh, someone who's, uh, they're, they're kind of famous, you know, they did a, a song that I liked, so she actually talked to them and they agreed to do it. That was the grand finale, the end on it, but my point is she went all out and uh, it got, I think, uh, my one of my pastor friends and just a, there was and all of my Marine Corps buddies too. Mm-hmm. That was really great. So there was probably about 20 people on there just telling me, uh, speaking, just encouraging me, you know, telling me uh, who I was to them in their life. And that was priceless. Fantastic. Uh, also, I want to give you a chance to talk about the 420 uh, uh, fire. What tell us, tell us about that. Well, 420 fire, uh, you know, the term 420 can get misunderstood real quick, but uh uh, it's based on 1 Corinthians 4.20, which says the kingdom of heaven is not about word, but about power, which basically is just saying put your money where your mouth is, you know, action, you know, not just saying it, but doing it. And um, it's really about family. It's about um, what it, it doesn't seek to change, uh, you know, whatever church you happen to go to. But what happens is, um, you know, there's just a, there's a lot of brokenness in people even in the church so what it seeks to do is it just uh, there's established hubs across the united states and uh what happens is people just come together in groups and they and they do life together it's about doing life together you know getting to know each other on a a more personal level you know Mm -hmm. in acts 242 i think it says uh 
the disciples and not only the disciples but the believers they went around and they were um, eating breaking bread together they were just doing life together mm-hmm. and and it's kind of bringing that atmosphere back well of course that's right on the tail end of Pentecost as well where they absolutely had the indwelling of the Holy Spirit come upon them so uh, you're absolutely spot on that uh, that acts too would would uh, suggest that uh, indeed these folks were had an identity in the Trinity and uh, and that's where uh, that's where we're charging dad. So uh, Donald, thank you for sharing a bit of your story and uh, the glimpse of God's glory that I uh, I always refer to when our kids do something like that to show love uh, that validates all your efforts. That uh, they know that you didn't prioritize some of your stuff because you were prioritizing their stuff. Uh, that's a huge blessing and nothing to be taken for granted. So dads, those are the rewards and the benefits of, of uh, being on the journey of establishing your identity in the Trinity is that you'll be raising that godly generation that we're talking about. So that's the dad you're called to be, and that's the dad the next generation needs. God bless. God speak.